So, the seventh principle. To my way of thinking, it's one of the two absolutely essential principles of Unitarian Universalism. Get rid of all the rest. If you kept these two, it would be okay. The other is the first. The inherent worth and dignity of every person. All the rest, the other five, are just commentary. Important commentary, but commentary. And here's the history. We almost didn't have the seventh principle. I don't know if any of you were at the 1984 General Assembly in Columbus, Ohio, where these, this statement of purposes and principles were first uh, proposed. But I was there, and I remember it well. Lots of debate. Debate. We are Unitarian Universalists, after all. And there were only six principles in the original statement and the original proposal. Just six, not seven. Six. They argued that interdependence, though it wasn't stated explicitly anywhere, was implicit. And so, well, we didn't really need to say it. It's there. A lot of us begged to differ. And so the argument dragged on and on and on and on and on and on. There were multiple suggestions made, moved, debated, voted down. And finally someone said, well, let's, let's devolve into a committee of the whole, which is a parliamentary maneuver that allows you to debate much more informally. And that seemed like a good idea. And in the middle of that, one of my colleagues, Paul LaRue, stood up and made a suggestion. And people looked at each other and said, hmm, that sounds pretty good. A little wordsmithing was needed, but nothing too radical. And it became the seventh principle. The interconnected web of all existence. Now, I think it is widely misunderstood. Far too many people think it's all about biology and ecological action and that sort of thing. For example, this is the version of it that uh, is um, put into the, the simplified version we, of those principles that we sometimes give the children. This is what it says. We believe in caring for our planet Earth, the home we share with all living things. I still beg to differ. Now, I'm not arguing that we don't believe that. We do. But it's not a paraphrase of the seventh principle. It follows from the seventh principle. So here's what I think. The principle is not restricted to biology. To be sure, all living things are included. But so are all non-living things. The rocks, the water, the lava flows, dust, wind, and on and on and on and on it goes. The list is almost endless. And it's not even restricted to the earth. It's not restricted at all. What it says is that we respect the interdependent web of all existence. 
Well, all existence is a heck of a lot more than just the earth. We are interdependent with everything that is. From our beloveds to the farthest star. Well, that's a tall order. On the other hand, why would anyone want to bother with principles that are easy to live up to? I want principles that are constantly calling me beyond where I thought I could stop. Now, why would we want to say such a thing? Well, at this point, we have to go and look at a little bit of theology. At first glance, this seventh principle seems like a rather radical theological proposition. All of existence, everything, all of existence is tied together in an unbreakable whole, joined, connected, intercreated, interdependent. The Vietnamese Zen Buddhist Thich Nhat Hanh has a wonderful phrase for this. He says that we inter-are. We inter-are. I love that. Our being, our existence is dependent on and conditioned by the existence of everything else that is. Now, John Donne had something to say about that. You probably remember in Meditation 17, he wrote, and forgive the gender-specific language, but this was in about the 16th century. No man is an island, entire of itself. Every man is a piece of the continent, a part of the main. If a clod be washed away by the sea, Europe is the less, as well as if a promontory were, as well as if a manner of thy friends or thine own were. Any man's death diminishes me because I am involved in mankind. Smart man, John Donne. Remove anything from the universe and the, and the entire universe is poorer. Why? Because we inter-are. Because we are interdependent. Because we depend not just on each other, but also on everything that is. All the living things. The dirt. The air. The water. The dust that blows around and reflects the light of setting suns, creating a few moments of breath-renewing beauty. The stars above us. The rocks beneath us. There is nothing, nothing upon which our being does not depend. Time for the third story. This is in poem form. It's also based on a Hindu creation myth. The morning after creation, Indra awoke and stretched 
ah, sleep fell from his eyes like rain. And he looked out at the world spread like a great fan in front of him. Oh, it was just beautiful, like the great delta of a river, like dreams, like music. But something was wrong. It was supposed to hang together as if woven of fine linen. But the pieces, they simply hung there as limp as dough. So Indra sat down on a rock and fell into thought. Well, it was beautiful, but eh, beautiful isn't quite enough. And then he stood and wove a net of gold so fine he could hardly see it. And he threw that net out into the universe and it sailed outward and settled as gently as snow. It fell on creation and melted into the heart like love. And as it settled so carefully, so silently, each heart became a gem, sparkling and pure, capturing the light, reflecting and sending it out and back again. And Indra looked at the world now and saw not only was it beautiful, but it was holy. And Indra smiled. There are a lot of creation myths in Hinduism and they're not always entirely consistent with each other. But each of them, each of them expresses in its own way that everything is an expression of divinity. Everything. You are. I am. The birds singing outside. The steel in the car that brought you here. The dirt under your fingernails. The plum you will eat for lunch. The sun. The moon. The dust between the stars. All are expressions the Hindu myths tell us of Brahman held together by the power of the divine. It's a powerful idea. And it is an idea that is found in one form or another in every religion I know anything about. Now, you may reject the notion of divinity. It doesn't matter. You may be skeptical of this and all other myths. It doesn't matter. You may be shaking your head wanting me to get to the point. The point is this. As radical as it sounds, our seventh principle puts us smack in the mainstream of the world's religions. I don't care whether you're comfortable with the language of divinity because 
your beliefs and my beliefs aren't prescriptive. They're about us individually. Say it however you like. Say it however you're comfortable. But what I do care about is that however you happen to be comfortable talking about it, interdependence is a profound theological principle. It goes far beyond caring for our planet Earth. It is the very ground of compassion, of justice, of kindness, and of peace. For how can there be peace without the recognition that each depends on all for our mutual well-being? See yourself in others. Not like a mirror. See yourself in others. Then whom can you harm? Interdependence is why we are responsible to each other and to the future that we hand on to our children and our grandchildren and their grandchildren. And it is why beauty is such an essential force within the universe as much as gravity is. And here is one final thing to think about. One of my favorite of the English Romantic poems is Wordsworth's lines composed a few miles above Tintern Abbey. The section that moves me the most is this. I have learned to look on nature not as in the hour of thoughtless youth, but hearing oftentimes the still sad music of humanity, nor harsh, nor grating, though of ample power to, to chasten and subdue. And I have felt a presence that disturbs me with the joy of elevated thoughts, a sense sublime of something far more deeply interfused, whose dwelling is the light of setting suns and the round ocean and the living air and the blue sky and in the mind of man a motion and a spirit that impels all thinking things, all objects of all thought and rolls through all things. This is Wordsworth's poetic expression of the same idea. There is that which moves through all and ties all together into a divine whole. This presence, this music, this more than something, as E.E. E. Cummings might put it, can be heard in every heart, in every soul, in every mind, if we but stop and listen. It rolls in beauty through the universe and binds 
each to each and each to all. Call it Indra's web if you like. Call it Spider Woman's tapestry. Call it Shiva's dance. Call it inner being. Call it presence. Call it what you will. It is the heart, the essence, the soul of life itself. Our seventh principle calls it interdependence. <laughs> 